faith without works is dead. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Well, summer's over, or is it? I don't know about you, but I always find the, the end of summer and the beginning of fall to be a bit ambiguous. Like last weekend was Labor Day. That's the unofficial end of summer. But for many of us who are working in higher education or have kids in school, summer kind of ended in mid to late August when classes started up again. Last weekend, college football started up. This weekend, the NFL kicks off the regular season. Does that mean the fall has started? Of course, on the calendar, the official first day of fall isn't for a few more weeks on September 22nd. And yet our 10-day forecast has temperatures in the, in the 80s for the foreseeable future. The end of summer is a bit ambiguous, and I suppose all we can do at some point is just sort of think to ourselves, all right, regardless of when summer ends, I'm going to get on with the fall here, going to get on with the things I planned for the autumn. In our reading from the letter from James this morning, we encountered that famous or infamous line from Scripture, faith without works is dead. That's a bit of an ominous-sounding proposition, and one that might strike a bit of fear into the hearts of us Reformation-minded Christians. Wasn't this the whole reason that Martin Luther broke from the Church of Rome? Because of the primacy of faith over works? Why now is James telling us that, quote, a person is justified by works and not by faith alone? Well, I don't think we Protestants need to fear having the Reformation overturned. Rather, I think we can see the relationship between faith and works sketched here as paralleling a pretty standard relationship between beliefs and actions. That is, by and large, uh, what you believe influences what you do. That's, that's a simple relationship here. Our human actions are based on our beliefs. Uh, if I wake up in the morning and look at my weather app on the phone, which I uh, often do, and if it says it's going to rain all day, I'm going to form the belief it's going to rain all day. Then I'll take the, they'll influence my action of grabbing an umbrella or grabbing a raincoat or, or maybe staying in bed, depending on the day. So similarly, I, I think that faith influences our actions or our works. As James describes it from a more kind of positive perspective in verses 15 and 16 from our reading this morning, he says, if you see your brother or sister in need of food or clothing, your faith or your belief ought to produce the work or the action of supplying their bodily needs. As the 16th century Anglican Book of Homilies puts it, a light cannot be hid, but will show forth itself at one place or another. So true, a true faith cannot be kept secret, but when occasion is offered, it will break out and show itself by good works. So it seems to me that James is, is telling his readers that the faith they have will naturally and inevitably lead to the kind of good works that he describes elsewhere in his book and in the ethical teachings of Jesus. But I might add that it seems that there's a sort of sense of urgency, a sense of immediacy to James's exhortation in this regard. From the opening of his letter, it's clear that James is writing to those who are in the midst of no small amount of hardship. He talks about there being trials and temptations, and yet he spurs his audience on to endurance through them. Unlike the ambiguous end of summer, for James, the time is now for exercising faith by doing good works. 
And so even in the midst of the trials, James is calling on his audience to endure and giving them instructions on how to live. Love your neighbors. Don't show partiality to the rich. Pray for wisdom. Not after the trials are over, but right now, right here in the midst of this difficult time, live as God has called you to live. And I think there's this natural human tendency that we might have to, to wait until the time is right before we take action on some of our beliefs. And we might have the belief that it's a good idea to eat healthy or exercise, but, well, you know, after the holidays, you know, New Year's resolution, that's the time to kind of get started on that action. Or maybe we have the belief that reading scripture and praying is a good idea, but, well, you know, when a new liturgical season starts up, Advent 1, that's when I'll, I'll start off this series of actions. But James is encouraging his readers that, in essence, there's no time like the present. Don't wait until after your trials are over. Don't wait until after the temptations are over to be faithful. Your trials and temptations and hardships right now can encourage your endurance that leads you on to a more mature faith, as he describes in chapter 1. And in many ways, I feel a lot like this last year and a half or so is a bit like the end of summer with a very ambiguous ending. And Maybe not an ending we've actually reached yet. Pandemic fatigue is real and it's pervasive. And, and there are so many other things that we've experienced in our community that lead us to feel tired as well at this time. And what's tricky about these ambiguous endings and beginnings is that it's sometimes difficult to find the motivation to start something new in a new season when we aren't actually sure when that season started, if it has at all. I think James's letter encourages us to see that there's no clear date, there's no clock striking midnight, there's no unambiguous moment when we can say, ah, now we're past the trials, now we're past all the hardships, now I can finally step back in and step back up. Rather, James is saying, if you have faith, the time to show your faith through your works is now. And in fact, at all times. There's no critical threshold of faith. There's no right moment that one needs before a work can be produced. We can at all times faithfully serve God. There's no need to wait. The moment is now. And if I might turn to make this moment more concrete, we as a community here at All Souls are right now in need of help. I've been doing this presiding priest gig here for about two months. And that's put me in touch with a lot of the aspects of our communal life that we have together here at All Souls. And we have lots that we want to do, lots of things we used to do, but we don't always have the people power to do them. We seem to be running a bit of a volunteer deficit, which actually is not uncommon. I think this is a challenge that people are finding across the country. I've talked with some of my priest friends across the, across the country, and there seems like there's a national volunteer deficit in our in our country and i and i totally get it the pandemic has stripped us of a lot of the normal ways we used to gather and serve it has exhausted us you know for many months we couldn't serve in the same ways we were used to if you were an usher for instance and we were only live streaming there's no one to usher <laughs> so it makes sense that we fall out of these habits fall out of these actions that we usually so tightly wound up with our beliefs plus modern life pulls us in a hundred different directions we're all busy. We all feel like we don't have the bandwidth to do anything. But what I think James is telling us is that there's no golden shining moment on the horizon when everything will be all right. It'll be the right time to step in. That moment is simply now, and the people to step up and step in are us. 
my younger brother uh, works at a Christian camp out in the Sierra Nevada mountains out in California. It's a big camp, one of the, one of the largest in the country. Uh, he's a carpenter on the facilities team, and he's responsible for you know building and maintaining buildings and, and a lot of the, the things around the uh, material side of the camp. One day a couple of years ago, uh, he texted my dad and myself. My dad's also a carpenter. I didn't get all those skills, apparently. Um, and in, in this uh, text was, it was a video of a room with a, a ceiling panel that had been removed, and there was a burst pipe with water streaming out of it, pouring into it a trash can with a couple of trash cans nearby that were already full of water. And my dad texts back, they really ought to take care of that. And then my brother wrote in all caps, Dad, I'm the they. I have to take care of that. And friends, when it comes to our life here together at All Souls, I think we all need to realize that we all are the, are the they. We all have to take care of the many things that go on here. We all have to take care of, uh, of the, the things that uh, we're responsible for, for our communal life together. And now is the time for us to step in together with the good works our lively faith is leading us to. So if you ever find yourself thinking about something here at All Souls, you start to think, they really ought to dot, dot, dot. Maybe you should think, I'm the they. What can I do to help with dot, dot, dot? Whatever the thing may be. You know, we, we've run out of bulletins a few times here recently. I think it's kind of a good problem. It means people are, are coming and, and, and the like. But instead of thinking, they really ought to make more bulletins, well, I'm the they. What can I do to help with bulletin production? We have a small team that works on bulletin production, but Deacon Rob staples all these, hand, all these, uh, these uh, bulletins by hand. Is that an area where your faith can produce a good work within our community? Or instead of saying, they really ought to bring the wine back for everyone, realize, I'm the they. What can I do to help this come back? You know, believe me when I say my Reformation commitments are pained. We've been denying the cup to the laity. You know, my heroes, Jan Hus and John Wycliffe, must be pained as well. You know, we have a bit of the go-ahead to bring the cup back, but we haven't quite had the personnel and the logistics to do this sort of a thing. Plus, our verger, Brad, tells me he's got a hard time at, at times scheduling readers and crucifers and other servers for our liturgical services. Are these areas that your, your, uh, your lively faith could show forth in some good work? Or instead of saying they really ought to get kids programming up and running, you can realize, I'm the they. What can I do to help kids programming get up and running? I mean, you know that Jennifer has been, uh, Jennifer Merck, our, our pastor for children, has been looking for someone to help with the, kid, uh, the kids' Sunday morning uh, Sunday school coordinating. Looking for a long time for that. Is that a work that could be an outflow of your faith? Children's programming is such an important part of our life together here at All Souls. And there are so many ways in which we can step up and step in to help in this vital area of ministry. We all really need to help here. And now I'm actually very optimistic about our ability to shake off some pandemic fatigue, fake up, shake off other kinds of fatigue, and realize that we are all the they, and work together to express our faith in and through our community. Because there are some small signs in the last few months that have really been encouraging to me. Um, back in, in the summer, uh, our choir, Lee Hoffner, emailed and came to some meetings and said, basically, I want to start the choir back up. And I was like, yes, you know, a thousand times yes. Said, Let's do that. Let's get that going. Please, thanks so much for, for wanting to step forward in this way. Or even last week after our services, Doug Zimmerman came up to me and said, I'm thinking about restarting a, a Saturday morning men's prayer time. Is that all right? Yes, totally. Let's get that going. People are stepping up in order to help out. 
Maybe some of you were able to come to the ministry fair uh, between services here a little bit earlier. There was a, a chance to find out some of the ways which you can plug in and serve. Uh, if you weren't able to do so, that, that's fine. Please just come tell me, come, come tell Deacon Rob, come tell Jennifer, our parish administrator, that you're excited about some ways in which we might be able to partner together, some ways in which you can serve this community. This is a great chance to get started or restarted on some of the post-pandemic volunteer life even if we aren't actually post-pandemic, because what does that actually mean? Friends, faith without works is dead, but a lively faith will bring forth good works as we love one another and the world. Let us, in the power of the Spirit, show one another our faith by the works we do in our community and beyond. Amen. <laughs>